Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Once again, let's just relax. Any thoughts, any issues, any problems you're working on? If you need to, write them down, and so push them aside. Anything else, just it'll come back if it's important. You don't need to try to remember it. Let yourself focus and remind yourself. Remember, reconnect with God himself. His presence, who he is, his spirit is already, is always right there, right next to you, right in you, fully available his eternal life, his peace, his joy, his wisdom, his understanding and knowledge, his encouragement, his healing is always right there. It's always available. You don't have to talk him into it. You don't need to prove your case or remind him of your eligibility. You can simply ask you're part of the family and your spirit is already one with him this is why we spend so much time dealing with the soul the soulical realm and the supernatural realm because that's where our problem is it's not in spirit there are no spiritual levels there are no spiritual mysteries there are mysteries to the soul That's because our soul is still in process. But this was God's intention all along. What you and I are experiencing was not a whoops in the garden. This is what God wants for you, for me, is to go through struggles, to learn, to experience failure and success. Only through going through this life that, again, we we learn gratitude and appreciation and experiencing the joy that comes from overcoming. Adam and Eve never had to overcome anything. They, We have opportunity that they never had. Now we have opportunity to fall, to rise, to fight, to fail, to know God in different ways, to be rejected, to hurt, to be in pain, to be wounded, forgotten, but also to be victorious, to experience new joy, new revelation, new experience of God. And there's something about that 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 God values. And so we just want to accept that. Sometimes he gives us insight and understanding to what he's doing. A lot of times he doesn't. And that's his prerogative. Just remember your soul may not know what's going on, but your spirit does. And your spirit is is one with God and going, this is going to work. This is exactly what needs to happen. Now, we've been talking a lot about, you know, we've been on this first step, 
for encountering the supernatural realm for eight sessions now. And we'll move on once we have a full understanding about the importance of the first step, tying up loose ends. And really all that means is having a clean slate, having, having things, pull things out of the closet. If, if things need to be dusted off, things settled, questions, you know, jealousies, angers that are directed even towards God, towards yourself, towards others. And you don't have to have them resolved. Just don't think hiding them works. It doesn't work for God. It doesn't, hiding them doesn't protect them from having an effect on you. If you, if you are saying, God, you can touch anything but this, it doesn't matter what this is. There's, there's an issue there. There's, there's a, an area of your life you're saying, you're saying no to God. And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's your career, a person, uh, uh, a, a, a future that you picture for yourself, or something in your past that you're trying to hide from him. First of all, it's not working. He lives in that closet. There's nothing hidden from him. There's also nothing hidden from your spirit. So anything that you're trying to avoid talking to God about, any resentments. Now, a lot of times we have things that we'd like to talk to God about, but we have a miss we are deceived about what he wants to talk to us about that what's important to us isn't important to him these are where we have these doctrinal issues is that okay that's that's not important to god so don't bother him with it but everything that's important to you whether it's the small you know slightly important or really really significant it matters to him and he already knows about it. And he's already set up every circumstance in your, in, in your life to deal with it. So go ahead. Bring it out. Why, you know, why did this happen? Why did I do this? Why did this happen to me? You know, why, you know what can I do to make this right? How come I can never overcome this? How come I have this experience when everybody else has that experience. And what a lot of these things reveal over time is it reveals the lies that we believe, the doctrine that is keeping us from experiencing truth. For instance, if you think that, you know, if you have a, a certain narrow view of sin and hell and backsliding, let's say. And your main concern is to not, for instance, to not be deceived. That's what you bring to every encounter with God. 
and every encounter with others and every encounter with yourself, you know, that, that you can't trust yourself, that you can't trust God, that you can't trust others. When we start exploring and encountering the supernatural realm, that's going to interfere with truth, with reality. Now, truth is God. Reality is God. And we're already dealing with filters. We all have them, and it's part of where we are right now. So it's not something that we need to go, okay, if this is the one thing I'm dealing with, I'm going to take care of this, and then I'll see clearly. It, it's, we all seek you know, through a glass darkly now, but we're, we're doing better. And that's what we're looking for, is doing better, seeing better, experiencing better. Again, I don't know, you know if there's going to be somebody in our lifetime, whatever that means, to accept, to receive and become one spirit, soul, and body on this earth. You know, God can do that at any time. He could snap his fingers and somebody could experience a fullness, a oneness, a wholeness. Because it's not a matter of time, and it's not even a matter of our own effort. It's what God desires. This is why he sent his son in the fullness of time. He picked the time. In a lot of ways, there could have been much better times if we look at, you know, our own perception. He should have sent Jesus before the Israelites went into slavery. Or he should have done it this time. He should have done it that time. We could, we could look at history and go, okay, God should have done, sent his son at a different time. You know, God knows best, though. And he has his own reason. This is his own ultimate um, purpose. And this is where we can just go, okay, Lord, I trust you. Because you do. In your spirit, you trust God. So this is where the stress within comes. It's that your spirit trusts God and has full confidence in what he's doing. But our soul isn't there yet. And so your soul has come up with defense mechanisms. You know, when we talk about the armor of God. And very often, instead of using it to protect our, uh, our where, places where we're vulnerable to our enemies, we use it to keep God away from us, to protect ourselves from people, from looking at our own lives, from, to protect ourselves from, from God. And so he puts us in situations where our armor is not a protection, but a weight that needs to be removed so we can be exposed. And he can heal those parts that need to be healed and strengthen and encourage those parts that need to be strengthened and encouraged. This is on a person-by-person, case-by-case basis. Part of our, you know, we've been talking about um, the opportunities that we have right now, because there's a lot, there is a lot of activity going on in the supernatural realm, and God selected you to be here during this time 
to be involved in the the opportunities that are presenting themselves. That's just his choice. It's not a better or worse or harder or easier time. This is your time because God chose this time for you. It's just his, his way of doing things. You could have easily been born into a time of, of peace and prosperity and global spiritual awakening or war and famine and religious division or, you know, um, an asteroid hitting the planet or an ice age. These, these are all choices that God makes for us. So we don't look at, and, and in each of those circumstances, there is a, a level of activity going on in the supernatural realm of a great variety. There's going to be different activities. For instance, during, you know, if an asteroid hits the Earth and everything is annihilated, there's going to be a different level of supernatural activity going on than if there was peace and prosperity or war and famine, or an ice age. No matter what, something is going on in the supernatural realm. But we want to, so our goal is not to go, okay, let's not be hyper-vigilant or hyper-focused on, oh, there's so much at stake. Because God's in control. We can, you know, we, we, there's quite a, a variety of different um, people of different religious backgrounds that listen to this podcast, and I greatly appreciate that. And it's always a challenge to try to, you know, address and uh, try to incorporate any uh, thoughts and, and answers to a wide variety, which is one of the reasons I just try to speak as clearly to the point I'm trying to get across as possible. And so what really, it's up to you to take your beliefs and your doctrines and go to God. Not your pastor, not your Bible, not your your Bible study class, your women's group your pastor's group, go to God. Does what you believe bring you into a greater dependence on him alone? Or is something else necessary? Again, our goal is that you would hear him so clearly, you would have confidence in his love for you in his protection, in his encouragement, his strength, that you are on the right track, on the right path, you're doing good, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, how many times have we talked about that? If you wait until you're dead and standing before the throne for him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, it's a little late. You can't change anything. You know, we've all heard the story about, you know, trying to, to build the, the, you know, get the ladder, build the ladder up until you find out the ladder's leaning against the wrong house. Or you work to, 
to build the, you know, make the perfect apple pie only to find God likes cherry pie better. We, we need to understand what God wants. And that's through experience. Not only understanding, not only what we believe, but putting into practice what we think, where we are, what God is presenting us with, with and seeing if it works. And again, working. What does work mean? That's something each one of us also needs to, to develop. If your doctrine brings you into a greater rest and peace internally between you and God, that's one definition of work. You're, you could come up with, and, and some of you need to do that, need to be very specific about your goal or your, your definition of your relationship with God. If you're putting it off till you die, you're saying no to God now. And, and now God knows that. He's not holding it against us. We just want to make sure that we make, uh, m- you know, make the most out of every moment we have here on this earth, every opportunity, which is just part of the opportunity that we have. And so we take seriously the time and the place we're in, but we also experience the joy and the peace and the presence of God, the awesome, the the life-changing, the mind-changing, the healing presence of God. And if coming into his presence, your expectation is that he's going to judge you, he's going to rip you apart, he's going to criticize you, he's going to point out all the areas where you're too weak, where you've missed him, where you haven't been bold enough, where you haven't done X, Y, and Z. Why would you ever want to come into his presence? And that's what you want to talk to him about. Is that expectation, does that expectation line up with the truth of who God is? Now, a lot of us have really warped views of who God is and what he thinks of us. You know, we, we, you know, there's two kinds of people in the world, those that have been rejected and those that have been rejected more. And we think God is the one who has rejected us. But he hasn't. He paid a very high price to reject no one. We are all one in him. Every being that has a soul, a body, anywhere in between. Obviously, there's, you know, we've talked before and when when we've discussed, we'll probably revisit again, about the, the, the two spirits. There's only two kinds of spirits. God and those that he created that have spirits, and that's us. And by us, I'm talking about descendants of Adam and Eve who have been respirited. He, 
again, he's set, he's set something to do here on this earth. I don't know whether he's got something else, another plan going on in another planet, in, that, in another galaxy. I don't know. Or another dimension, another time zone. Our understanding, we, we have, we're focusing on, you know, dust bunnies under the bed when God wants to show us, you know, the galaxy above our heads. He says, no, he's just reaching for us and saying, come, I want to show you. I want to show you the wonders that will overwhelm any concerns you have about how much I love you. But there's something between those two, between being consumed with the dust bunnies under the bed and seeing the wonders of his, of, of his creation, of who he is, of his love for us. Something between those two points creates something in us that God desires, that he values. Now, he already values you. As a person, as an individual, even as you're being consumed by the dust bunnies under the bed, even if you never come out from under there, you spend your whole entire existence under, under the bed worrying about the dust bunnies under there. He still values you. He still loves you. So this is something about what he wants to create in you and with you for your benefit. He, and, and, again, he doesn't need your help. This is not about ministry. This is not about that, you, you know, if you're not doing the right thing, God's going to, you know, something's going to fail in an area. This whole idea, this is, and this is part of our problem is we, we look at the Old Testament examples. You know, so often the, you know, the, the examples we use as, New Testament, new relationship, Christian, Christian examples that this is how God sees us. And just to remind you that the, the New Testament starts at the resurrection. You know, it doesn't even start at the Gospels. It starts at the resurrection. There was, you know, none of his disciples were Christians until after he died. His spirit, being able to become a spirit being, was not available until after he died and paid for those sins. So to try to incorporate the ideas in the examples of the Old Testament, of the the Judaic Christian tradition, you know, evangelicalism, you know, any other kind of, of religious stance, not that they're all, you know, to be tossed away, because there's, there's bits and truth of every experience. But we look at them and go, okay, now, is this truth? And truth is God. Is this, does this bring me peace, or does it mean I have to work harder? Does this point to my failures? Does this point to my lack? Does it make me feel guilty? Does it make me need to, does it reveal a lack of God? Is that if, there's, if you think there's something that God needs you to do or he can't do something, 
that's a, a point where you need to talk to him. I, you know, I worked at a, at a ministry that was an international ministry, and they were working, in, and this was, you know, 40 years ago. And they were setting up a TV station in Israel, in Jerusalem. And the head of this ministry, he, he lit, publicly stated that God can't do what he wants to do next until that TV station was set up. So now this was a fundraiser, and this is part of our, our big challenge is, okay, you know, how, how are we incorporating, you know, our existence, our beliefs, our doctrine? Are we manipulating for, you know, our own needs? If this is something God wants for you, it will be done. That doesn't mean we don't work for it or, or ask for help, if he, anything like this. But obviously, God did not need a TV station to do what he wanted to do next anywhere in Israel or anywhere. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need you to be in the right place at the right time. And this is, this got, has gone back to something we've talked before about, about being in the center of his will. There's no such thing. Drop that off, that language off your plate. In fact, that might be a good exercise to just start writing down all your catchphrases. You know, when you need encouragement, what do you think? When you need, you know, when you are feeling down, what are you thinking? When you're feeling lost, what are you thinking? When you're feeling guilty, what are you thinking? Because feelings and thinkings often go together. And Find out, okay, is this true? Is this what God thinks about me? Or have, have I created this belief, this doctrine, to accommodate feeling guilty? You know, we, we often hide behind our feelings. We hide behind our doctrines to protect ourselves, to protect ourselves from God, from from, again, going from the, the looking under, you know, worrying about the dust bunnies under the bed to, to experiencing the oneness of God and whatever that change is. Because, you know, as you are changed, as you are healed, as that rejection is worked out of you and you accept God's love for you, you won't need those crutches. You won't need to embrace lies because you'll have truth. You'll have God. But that lie won't let go easily. Your crutches, you know, your, the lies you have embraced have served a purpose for your soul. But now your soul being reunified with your spirit will have to let go of those lies and stand, shall we say, on its own two feet. And that's hard. Change is hard. Growing up is hard. Letting go of doctrines, 
Letting go of misbeliefs, of lies, often means letting go of people, of plans for your future, of things you care, you know, things, beliefs you have about yourself. I'm, I'm an okay Christian because I'm not like so-and-so. Or God loves me because he needs me because I've been involved in the ministry. Or I've, I've had this revelation. Or I've fed the, the, the starving. Or I fill in the blank. So God loves me because of that. When you find out, no, God loves you regardless of that. God loves you, period, because that's who he is. Then you have to start thinking about, okay, well, then why am I doing that? Is this what God wants me to be doing? Am I using that as a substitute to control how God reveals himself to me? And again, the more time we allow God to reveal himself to us, the more we can accept his love for us unconditionally and learn to trust him unconditionally regardless of the time we're in and what's going on in the supernatural realm then we can have that focus to hear from god know that whatever time we're in whatever circumstances we're in we're exactly where he wants to be where he wants us to be and it's we have his fullness available to us in our spirit so we can wherever you are you can enjoy him. You can enjoy the purpose and the place and have that rest, that peace, because you are in him. You're not disappointing him. You're not failing. You're not missing him. Regardless, God is healing you. He is restoring you. He's revealing himself to your soul, regardless of what you believe, uh, what your crutches are, anything else that's any lies you believe he is still doing what he wants in you but we want to enjoy the process as well so hopefully that's encouraging to you but just recognize that change is hard so yeah that's part of life this is what we're here for is to change is to do the hard stuff so we will be getting back together again same time next week until then thanks for tuning in this has been diane thomas of rainers radio have a great night